Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining in today. Today I'm joined by another amazing individual, Dr. Yoni Rosenblatt. He is the CEO and founder of True Sports Physical Therapy, which you might have heard of as it is one of the premier sports rehab facilities in the entire country. They have 13 locations throughout the state of Maryland and Pennsylvania, and I was fortunate enough to actually learn from those guys doing a clinical rotation at their Woodbine location. So I'm very familiar with what they do, and I'm a huge fan of how they operate. So today we're going to be talking all about what sports PT is, what sports rehab is, and what athletes should be expecting from their physical therapy. And we're going to dive into everything from facility design to what you can, what you should be expecting from your physical therapist. So this is a great episode for athletes, along with uh, parents, physical therapists, chiropractors. Uh, I think you're really going to like this one. So enjoy. Yoni, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you on today. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk. Yeah, for people who aren't familiar with you and True Sports PT and all the incredible stuff that you're doing in the state of Maryland and now Pennsylvania, would you mind kind of filling them in a little bit about who you are, the company, and just your journey so far? No problem. Um, I graduated from University of Maryland, Baltimore uh, with my doctorate um, of physical therapy. Um, I worked in a couple of places um, and really thought that I was getting involved with sports rehab and orthopedic rehab. Um, and just like many places, I would see athletes from 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. And I would have to take them outside into the parking lot if they really wanted to run and move and cut. Um, and so I really got turned away from the profession, quite honestly, early on um, and started just looking for where I can treat athletes and where that can happen. Um, and so I even looked out of state, I was down in Baltimore and I looked out of state, um, and I really couldn't find anything within striking distance of the rehab that I knew I could provide to my athletic clientele, which was my passion. And so I started true sports on my own in Baltimore city and Fells point, um, in 2014. Um, and it was just me trying to treat athletes one-on-one for 45 minutes. Um, and that seemed to resonate with that clientele. Um, and my schedule filled, thank God, very rapidly. Um, <laughs> and then I started, um, I had to go away. I got to work with the Israeli national lacrosse team and I made my first hire because I had a full schedule, um, within a few months. And then I just started kind of rinsing and repeating. And so then 2017, um, I said, maybe we can start opening another clinic and we did that. Um, and now fast forward to 2022, um, we're at 13 clinics. And like you said, we're throughout Maryland, PA, um, and really looking for other opportunities and working on other opportunities. And we have a team of 40 physical therapists um, with some outstanding clinicians um, and teamwork. Like I know, Dan, you've experienced being with us. And, and that's what we do. We strive to provide the absolute highest levels of care to the highest levels of athlete. Um, and that's the that's my professional true sports story. I love that. I love that. And you guys are definitely very unique because there's very few. In fact, I can't really think of too many other clinics that are still doing one-on-one -on -one treatments with a doctor of physical therapy the entire time. And like you said, you use 45 minute treatment sessions. And I think that's perfect because if you go too much longer, you start to fill 
in that time with all this fluff, things that people don't need, but you're just trying to kill time. And if you go too much less, then you probably don't have enough time to actually accomplish anything. So I really love the system and model that you guys use. And I can see how that would work so well for the athletic population. I'll tell you, it got frustrating having athletes find me and say, can I come in for therapy when I was working elsewhere? And me say, you know what? Like, I'll just, I'll come to you. I'll meet you at your gym. <laughs> don't come to me in the clinic because either I didn't have the equipment I needed or I definitely did not have the time. And so I think you're right. 45 minutes ha has worked really well. Um, it's also dealing with a higher level um, patient population. You're able to say, finish your strength stuff. Here, here's the strength stuff you need to do. Let's say it's a few sets of whatever squat work or Bulgarians or whatever. Do that. Any of the other, you know, do that on your own at the end of the session. Say any of the warm up stuff or the cardio stuff, the stuff, the unsupervised stuff, do that before. Um, any of the modality stuff, ice, heat, uh, we don't even have them. So um, I don't want to spend time with athletes doing things that they can do on their own. And that's really the lens that we look through with every patient. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Now, as we're talking here, this is going to sound a lot different for most people listening who have gone to a PT clinic somewhere else where they might see three, four, five patients an hour where they might only be one-on-one -on -one with their PT for 10, 15 minutes. They might not even be seeing their PTA. They might not. They might be getting treated by someone else. And that's not to bash on those treatment models per se. Everyone has, you know, everyone has to keep the lights on, so to speak. But um, for certain populations like the sports world, I don't think that's the best way. And I know you feel the same. So what exactly is sports PT, sports rehab, and what should that look like? Like say an athlete comes into one of your clinics at True Sports, what are they going to expect? And how is that different from, you know, any other clinic in the area that's not highly specialized in athletes? Well, the physical therapist needs to have access to a few things in order to provide high levels of care. They need space. That means high ceilings, room to run, room for an athlete to mimic what it is they're going to do competitively. Um, and so they're going to experience, number one, first and foremost, that. All of our clinics have big open spaces, high ceilings, so you can run, throw, cut when you get to that level. They also have the requisite amount of load. So it's far more sports performance facility than it is physical therapy um, facility for sure. So that's one piece that the physical therapist needs in order to get outstanding results. The other thing is time. And that we touched on it's one-on-one -on -one for 45 minutes. Um, if you don't have time, what you're really getting good at is time management. When you're managing multiple patients at once, it is not sports rehab. So I think those two things are a must. You'll definitely find that at true sports um, physical therapy because they're non-negotiable. If you don't have those, you can't be awesome at PT. Then the other pieces of that rehab pie are, does, is the therapist properly educated? Does he understand how to break down movement? Does she understand how to coach movement and relate to the patient in front of them, meet the patient where they are, understanding uh, where they are in the grand scheme of things as it pertains to the rehab? Is it early? Is it in their rehab cycle? Is it middle? Is it end stage? And then just being able to meet that patient where they are and really relate. Um, I think those are imperatives to outstanding sports rehab specifically. 
you better find that at True Sports. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'll take a step further and say that you need a great team to manage your care. Someone, a group of people who have experience working with athletes similar to you, individuals that are not just going to throw, you know, a battery of these special tests at you. They're actually going to look at you doing the things that your sport requires and say, hey, you know, does this person look like the other athletes that I've seen that do this same sport? Or are they comfortable doing these things, right? Because, you know, sure, you know, you might have someone who comes in with hip pain, and they have a negative Faber test and a negative fader, and you don't see anything in the hip. But if they get pain every time they kick a ball, then there's clearly something wrong there just because, you know, just because your special test battery is negative doesn't necessarily mean there's not an issue. And I feel like there's a lost art of having the ability and capacity to actually assess sports specific demands like you guys do and match that to what you're hearing subjectively. I think you're right about all that. I think the obstacle or the barrier, the hurdle is different now than when I came out of school. I graduated graduated in 08. Um, and I do think that there was a dearth of knowledge certainly harder to access that knowledge in an effort to accomplish exactly what you just laid out. I came out of school and had no idea how to assess movement. Um, definitely not with a high level, level soccer player like you're talking about. Now, it's really easy to find that stuff. Social media makes everything easier. Now, it's a matter of discerning when do I use those skills and how good is that information that I'm actually taking in? I just think it's a, it's a different it's a different beast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's speaking even more to the individualization of care and the customization, um, which is another thing that I found sets places like your uh, clinics apart is there's not a single flow sheet. It's not, you know, you're going to come in here and do the same exercises back to back to back to back over and over again. Instead, it's, you know, this is going to be individualized. It's going to be customized. You know, today, you know, this patient's seven months post-op ACL, we're going to focus on hamstring strengthening and we're going to do, you know, this type of session with them. And then the next time it's going to be more of a quadriceps strengthening day. Like you're able to phase your rehab um, accordingly, as opposed to, well, they're just going to come in, do these exercises, check the boxes and go on their way. Dan, why do you think that model ever existed? <laughs> I, I don't have an answer for you other than your point before about time management. It's quick. It's convenient. It's easy. It's simple. It's I go here. I do this thing. I leave. You know what to expect. But it doesn't but, work. No, not at all. And you know as well as I do athletes live in a chaotic world. Every time they step on the field, it's different. It's a different team. Or if it's the same team, the game could go very differently than the last time they played them. So why are we going to give them the same rehab over and over and over again when the demands of what they do is constantly evolving? Yeah, I mean, I think you're exactly right. Listen, it suits a guy like me that has a lot of um, trouble focusing um, for extended periods if things aren't varied. So it definitely suits me. I think the struggle with that model that you just described, which obviously is a model near and dear to my heart <laughs> um, in varying our, our inputs is how do we track progress? And I think that's like a, a slippery slope there. Like it's awesome to get creative every single time a patient walks in. Mm -hmm. It's really important to be able to step back and say, why am I doing this? How do I know that they're doing this movement better than last time. If it's a different movement, possibly more importantly, how do I show the patient that they're doing better? 
Um, there are ways to do it. It's just uh, it's important to keep that front and center to make sure that you're actually able to track progress objectively. I love that you bring that up. You know, every action that you do has to have a purpose. And that's something that I feel like for patients too, they should always be encouraged to ask, like ask questions to your PT or your sports doctor or whoever, like ask, you know, why am I doing this exercise? Like, you know, Hey, I've got hip pain. I'm doing this knee or I've got knee pain. I'm doing this hip exercise. Why am I doing a hip exercise for knee pain? That kind of stuff, because um, there should be a rhyme and reason behind everything that's done, as you mentioned. Now, um, I've talked a little bit with some of your other PTs in the past, like Tim on the podcast about this, but you brought up a great point in tracking progress and measuring progress. And I think that athletes especially need to have some kind of progress check to make sure that we're trending better. Um, so how do you feel like, what would you say the best way to track progress is? And I know that's a little bit of a loaded question because there's not really a best way. But are you more of a subjective individual who kind of rides more on what you're hearing from the patient? Would you say you look more at specific objective things, whether that's testing or movements or just sports in general? I'd go with yes. <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, I think I think it is all of the above. I think it's it's easy to kind of go into one bucket with that. And I would caution against that. I think it's twofold. It's how do, how's the patient feeling? What do you see? How are they moving? What, what is their movement deficit? But also what can we measure? Um, what can we measure to show them, to show us? And how does that measurement, how is it going to guide where we go with the treatment session? I think I, I just got into it with um, a, a baseball player who, who came in in his off season. Um, he, he plays in the big leagues and he came to me to work on some of his uh, rotational force and torque. He came to me to work on his um, lateral explosiveness because that's these are like the buzzwords that his coach threw at him, his strength coach. And I said, okay, like uh, let's pop on the table. He's like, dude, you why do we have to test? What you know what it's gonna show? Or can't we just go do some med ball toss? No, we can't. Yes, we'll get to the med ball tosses, but I need to know where we are today. And I need to know what those weaknesses are so that it can guide what I'm going to do. That comes both from subjective. Obviously, he feels really good. <laughs> he's telling me I don't want to lay on the table. But what can I see objectively to guide where it is we're going instead of just like chasing these either patient-driven um, endeavors? Like I want to do med ball tosses, but also I want to you know, have a more powerful swing. We got to get more concrete than that so it can guide where we're going. Yeah, so almost taking things a step further in a patient-centered model of matching what they want to do from what they tell you to how you're going to get them there and not just taking one or the other at face value. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Dan. And I, and I think it's important that um, when a patient walks in, when an athlete walks in, that you have some type of plan. This is something I, I just spoke to a, um, a linebacker that I'm working with who is telling me what he's doing uh, with his team. And then when he comes into me and I would say, you know, what do you do today? So I can work around it or, you know, advance it. And it was exercises that seemed to just be like, I couldn't come up with the rationale or a reason or a theme as to now as to why they were choosing what they were choosing, which goes back to your point of saying that the athletes should be able to ask questions, but you should be able to sense what is that theme? Are we, were we working on power today? Were we working on change of direction? Were we working on uh, isometric? What were we working on? 
Um, and it should be obvious to the patient, but definitely easily explainable. And that comes from preparation. So Dan, what I would say to you is you're walking into a session, come up with an idea of what do you want to get out of that session that I think that should come both from subjective and objective column measurements. Yeah, that makes sense. You have a goal that you're working towards. And as we're talking about that, it almost sounds like a strength and conditioning model applied to rehab in a way. So I think physical therapy, at least from my experience in school, is great about giving you all these timelines for tissue healing. And, you know, well, after this length of time, things will be better. It'll be fine. When in reality, We've, we're talking more about a flipped model where instead we use an end goal. So, you know, this patient wants to get here. They want to get here, which is more common in strength and conditioning. Uh, and we kind of work backwards to get them from where they are today to that end goal, as opposed to just trusting a timeline, I'll say. I think that's sports rehab. I yeah. think that's exactly <laughs> and, um, you know, it's not to discount or neglect tissue healing by any means, but I think in general... Uh, we can't just say, well, tendonitis will take these this amount of time and it's going to clear up. It's more of a, you know, each person is going to be unique and um, everyone is going to respond differently to what you do. So you can't really put a timeline on something that everyone is going to respond differently to. That, that's true. I think it's, I think those timelines and the, the, let's call it the school knowledge of how like an ACL rehab should, how long it should take or what are those milestones? I think those have to be kept in mind as we help the patient get to where they want to get. I mean, they want to get to their running back. They want to get to back on the field, changing direction abruptly and aggressively on that repaired knee. Well, we know that can't happen at three months, but what do we need to do at three months to make sure they get there at nine months? I think th that's the way you, you meld them. Right, right. How does sports rehab differ from strength and conditioning? Or where would you say the line is between this is sports PT and this is strength and conditioning? Because I've heard from some people in the past that sometimes those lines get blurry. And I mean, I'll admit there's some days when I get someone that I'm working with, like I'll take this patient right now. He's nine, 10 months post-op ACL. So yeah, we're doing a lot of heavy loading, but that's because he needs additional strength and he's at the point where we can load him fairly heavy. Um, so while I might wear more of a strength and conditioning hat, it's still for a rehab therapeutic pur uh, purpose in my mind anyways. The line is super wide and super gray. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it should be. Um, there is not a clear delineation. There are awesome strength coaches all over the place that could do my job very easily, not having gone to PT school. And I think, and what I look to hire for is that PT better be able to do an entire strength and conditioning progression, um, speak that language and achieve those goals. So it should be very, very gray, the delineation <laughs> between the two. Yeah, hundred percent. I uh, completely agree there. And how are you able to, you mentioned before that you'd like to coordinate or kind of work around a strength program that an athlete has to influence what you do in rehab. Has there been anything that you've done or um, that you do currently that makes that process easier, or more seamless in the like coordination of care, I'll say? Yeah, a few things. One is try to approach that conversation, that collaboration uh, humbly and with humility 
Um, cause like I said, a lot of these, a lot of the strength coaches that I collaborate with, I, I really look up to and learn from. So that's number one. Um, number two is sharing as much information as I can while that patient is with me. So sending them videos of what it looked like, um, showing them exactly what I'm seeing when that video is transpiring, begging them for the same, show me what that athlete's doing. Cause that's going to help educate me and guide what I'm going to spend that session doing. So that that's how I go about doing that. Unfortunately, especially when you're working with the pro athletes, um, people tend to be very insular and very siloed and, uh, you know, you're playing for a professional organization. They don't want to talk to someone on the outside. And I, I just see that as a total miss. The person who is losing in that situation is the athlete. Even worse, by the way, when that's a high schooler, let alone a professional linebacker. Um, like those trainers should be talking to the PTs on the outside and really vice versa. So that, yeah, that's the way I approach collaboration. Mm -hmm. I love that. There's just seamless coordination from strength coach to PT to even as far as the doctors. I know you guys stay in close contact with surgeons, especially as patients are post-op. And I think that's a very missing link in a lot of places. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've seen where the patient comes in, you know, post-op and they're like, yeah, I have my follow-up with the surgeon in four months and there's no reconnection or nothing there for four months. Um, so I like the more collaborative approach and keeping everyone on the same page, because at the end of the day, that's, what's best for the athlete. I think that is definitely true as it pertains to the doctor. I mean, you know, you were a student here, so you've seen those doctor relationships, I think at their best. So as we're talking here, Yoni, I realize that true sports has become something incredible in Maryland and Pennsylvania. It's growing, it's expanding. I would consider it a success, an overwhelming success. And I'm sure you kind of look back to where you started and you probably couldn't quite picture having over 13 different clinics and over 40 members on your team uh, when you were just starting out with one clinic in Baltimore. But here you are. Now, I can't help but wonder if that success required some kind of sacrifice or if there was an opportunity cost uh, in order for you to get to where you are today. So is there anything that you've had to give up for adjusting your own life in order to become as successful as you are today? I think you're right. I think you can't get to a level of success without giving something up. That's probably true about any level of success. Me specifically, to get to where we are today, uh, thank you for calling that a success. Uh, there's no question that I sleep less. Um, <laughs> I spend less time with my family than I would love. Um, I think early on when going through growth, I had to learn that aside from those things, personal um, sacrifice, professional sacrifice is also super important um, because by giving over reins and giving responsibility to and trust to your team members, that proliferates growth. Um, and I think that's essential. So looking back on it, that's not much of a uh, sacrifice. Um, but then I think it was, it was like looking at where do I want this thing to get? And like, you've mentioned a few of our unbelievable clinicians. Um, I'm thrilled to have given up any type of control to give to, to people like people like that clinicians like that. Um, because not only does it proliferate the success of our business of true sports, but also to their career, um, to build them a ladder to grow within 
our company is something that was so frustrating for me when I was working for someone else that, that there was just this capped ceiling. So while that is uh, a sacrifice, that that's probably one of the better investments that I've made in the business. Would you say that that gives you a better ability to relate to the athletes that you treat who have likely had to give up, you know, free time, relaxing on the couch, playing video games for more practice or for traveling to this tournament or that practice or something along those lines? I'll tell you, time and again, the ones, the athletes who succeed at the various highest levels, we're talking an eight-year NFL fullback. We're talking a 16-year NFL punter, like those who are obviously insanely gifted, but the ones who stick around that long are all sacrificers, whether it be personal time, whether it be uh, pain, whether it be, whatever it is, they all sacrifice. So it definitely allows me to relate to them, but they, their sacrifices motivate me without right. question. And you don't have to look at the NFL athlete. I look at like my, my upbringing, my parents, I don't know how the hell they like they did what they did um, to allow me to springboard into whatever the hell I'm doing now. Um, but it was clearly through sacrifice. Right, right. And I would say that's true beyond just you, but to a number of your PTs, possibly even all of your PTs that I've connected with thus far, is they all understand what it takes to be successful because they're very successful at what they've done or a number of them have played high level sports, whether that be pitching in the MLB or a D one level or whatever. So they get it. And I think that having that almost mental connection with someone over, you know, what they're currently facing, what they're currently going through and what it takes to get them to where they need to be just further enhances your overall care and treatment beyond the scope of what we consider normal physical therapy, because as the name implies, it tends to be, physical in nature. It's not mental rehab or anything like that, but I think that there's truly a mental element to good sports rehab, I'll say. Yeah, uh, no question. That, that's why I frequently say that an outstanding sports PT is an outstanding strength coach, is an outstanding mental health professional, is an outstanding medical professional, right? Like all those three things have to come into play to be a great sports PT. 100%, 100%. Yoni, as we've been talking today, we've covered a variety of different topics relating to the sports PT world from what it looks like at a clinic like True Sports that is leading the industry right now in sports rehab, all the way up to what it takes to really provide for an athlete from a provider standpoint and go above and beyond to ensure that they get the best possible outcome. Do you have any kind of closing thoughts or closing remarks or anything that you want those listening to really take away, whether they're an athlete just looking for, you know, a new place to rehab because they're unhappy with things, or maybe they're a clinician who can kind of relate to your backstory on feeling stuck and not having what they need to, you know, treat the athletes that they see appropriately. Absolutely. I think it's take a leap and um, Tim Stone taught me that actually Tim's a PT who's, who's really grown with us. Um, and he's now COO of True sports and, um, he's taken a number of leaps in his career. Uh, one most notably was he was down in Florida. Um, and I called him and said, Hey, I'm looking for someone. And he's like, well, 
it's going to be me. And he kind of moved his whole family up here. And, and then once he was up here, it was far more show me than expect from me. And I think that's the lesson. It's like taking a leap to get to, I'm going to show you how hard I'm going to work, how awesome um, I'm going to be with patients and with referral sources or, or whatever. Um, I'm going to go the extra mile before I say, well, wait, before I do that, I want X, Y, Z. It's the same thing that I try to do when I bring on um, a patient is I'm going to show you my value before I say, I want you to sign up for three times a week. I'm going to give you an awesome evaluation. I'm going to give you a roadmap to success. Same thing when I look to hire. What are examples that I've seen in your past and that you can relate to me of I've I proved before I asked. Um, I think that's the advice or what I would share with your audience is one of the things that I've seen lead to success. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. And unfortunately, we are summing live... this stuff up, man. Yeah. I mean, we live in a day and age where it seems like talk is very cheap and anyone yeah. can tell you what you want to hear. But very few people will actually go out and put in the late nights and the early mornings and do what it takes to show you what it is that you need. Or um, I like to say that, you know, some people will burn the candle at both ends of the stick for a while. And sure, you can't burn long like that, but you're never going to burn brighter. And at the end of the day, you want to be burning as bright as you can for the people that you're, you know, fortunate enough to impact on a day-to-day -day basis, especially when you're working in really a dream job seeing high caliber athletes every single day um because that that not only um that not only impacts the life of that athlete but also impacts the life of your family knowing that you're doing rewarding work their family knowing that they're getting the best possible care and even on a broader scale you mentioned that you treat some professional people how many people you think watch them on tv every single day or wear their jersey and naturally if they're not playing there's a lot more than just that person disappointed. There's no, there's no question about it. Um, you need to create some brawn body merch that, that <laughs> I in because I feel like you're you got a you have a number of awesome t-shirts just brewing around in your head. Slogans. <laughs> Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you stay up to date on everything that I'm doing. And if you like this episode, try and share it with a friend that you think would also enjoy the content that we're putting out. And I'd also really appreciate it if you left a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever. And I know Dr. Rosenblatt would really appreciate it if you checked out truesportsphysicaltherapy.com, checked out their social media pages, just type in True Sports PT, and I'm sure something will come up. And if you're in the Baltimore area and you need sports rehab, definitely look into getting an appointment with one of their guys. Thanks again for listening.